Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. When people start talking about natural products, like, have you have you been on any like these crunchy mom groups or anything like that? Uh, I, I try to stay away from those. <laughs> I, mean, they, I don't play interesting. Well I mean, like, I, I kind of like to see like you know what they're claiming works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because so much so much of this stuff is like, hey, we'll use this essential oil or use this. Like, here's here's the issue: is any oil will kill any bug every time. Yeah. And it's it's just because like if you spray a bug with oil, like they we breathe through our nose, they breathe through mm-hmm. their whole body. Yeah. So like if you get any kind of oil on them, it's basically going to suffocate them. And so like, you know, you're you're getting that dopamine hit of effectiveness like I put oil on the bug and when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you coming. This is around the house. Welcome to the Around the House show, where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, you know something? I've talked about pest control in the past, but it's been something that's been hyper-local to where I'm located here in Portland. And I brought on a buddy, chief executive officer and founder at Termosave and owner at Excalibur Pest Control, Craig Williams, also from the Homeowner Show. Welcome to Around the House again, buddy. Man, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's been a, it's been a, a dream of mine to come on the show. So I'm, I'm oh, excited to, deep. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've had you on, on a, a couple of times, man. So it's, it's exciting to get to be on your show, man. Yeah. It's been, we've been overdue to do this. And I was like, all right, we're going to start out 2023. So we're going to get that, make that happen. Cause it's should have happened a while, but you know, it's one of the things that pest control is a big deal. And across the country, there are all these different things that people fight. You know, on the West Coast where I'm at in the Northwest, one of our biggest thing here is carpenter ants. That's kind of our biggest, you know, as far as a insect pest. And then we've got, you know, the rats, mice, and uh, get down towards the water, you get those wharf rats that look like possums. But <laughs> that's pretty much the main part of that. And they've been crossbred with poodles at some point in time. So, dude, <laughs> those things waddle, man, when they get big. Yeah. Those things are huge. But you know what? That that's the thing is, termites are such a big thing across the country in most yeah. areas, and it's one of the least in our areas. You know, one of the least threatening things compared to all the others. But that's not the case in most of the U.S. No, no. Ter- I mean, uh, you know, the 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 big number that everyone always throws out with termites is like annually they do about five billion dollars worth of damage to people's Whew. homes and property. Um, and you know, it it can happen. It can really happen at any time. You know, it's it's December down here in Texas, and so which usually means that there's not going to be as much termite activity. But I I just came from one yesterday where they had eaten the entire wall of a room. Um, yeah, you know, and it was it was there was they were new homeowners. It was the second year in their home, and the guy had been using it as his office. And he was like, there was this weird corner. It looked like there had been like some old water damage that they'd painted over. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, probably was what happened is they thought it was water damage and just painted it over it to sell the house. Well, come to find out, Ooh. that's where the termites were coming in, and they just there was a leak in the ceiling, 
And mm-hmm. so they just followed the water up the wall and then started working their way across the, uh, the cross beams at the top. Um, and, and so like, you know, it sucks for them because those guys have been in there eating for, for two years. The, the good news for them is that it was subterranean. So they're a little bit slower working than some other kinds of termites. That's good. Yeah. I, I'll get the, I had some, uh, old carpenter ant damage in my house and I'd opened up, uh, doing my kitchen remodel, opened up some drywall and I'm like, Oh, there's a lot of sawdust up here. That's not Is that good. the pictures you sent me? Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, from yeah. like last that. year. Yeah. 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 I was like, wow, that's cool. Which and, I mean, the, the weird thing about that, man, is I was, I was doing a little bit of research cause like, I, I know that you're, you know, kind of up in the Pacific Northwest and we're talking yeah. to people across the U S the number one pest in the United States. Do you know what it is? No. It's carpenter ants. Ah, okay. It's be, and it's because everybody has them. Like there's not a state that doesn't have them. <laughs> you can't and, like, dodge them. Like 66% of ant calls for pest control companies are going to be for carpenter ants. Either they think they're carpenter ants or they have carpenter ants or somebody else has failed to deal with carpenter ants. So they're calling in another, you know, big hitter to see if they can get rid of them. Yeah. Now, if, if you want to identify those carpenter ants, those are not the little tiny sugar ants you see running around. These are their no. big fat daddies that are running around that. Uh, Do you guys have the big black ones? We have the big black ones. So there, around here, there's two kinds. And I think this is okay. true most most of the Southern United States is there's the big black carpenter ants, which is just the standard carpenter ant. Yep. And then there's the Florida carpenter ant. And most people, when they see those, they think that they're fire ants. They look, ah. they look very similar, but I mean like, and they're wearing like white, white leisure suits and hats. <laughs> and, oh, sorry. Sorry, Florida. <laughs> yeah. No, they're very flirtatious. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, but they're, they're kind of red and black. Um, okay. And, and, and I mean, they can do, they can do just as much damage uh, their colonies tend to be a little bit smaller than those big black ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I love finding those big black ones, man. When you find the honey hole on those and you flush them out, it scares the bejesus out of people. Oh yeah. Well, and what's crazy uh-huh. with those is that you can have, you know, like I live close and kind of in the woods, you can have mm-hmm. a tree out there. That's not even on your property. This is where they're coming from. And they've set up those secondary kind of nests inside your house and yeah. you can get it out of the house, but they're still trying to get back in. Yeah, they, they will set up satellite colonies. And, and really what's, what's happening there is mo- most of the time people want you to come in. They're like, what can you spray to get rid of them? And like that, you're asking me the wrong question. Yeah. What we need to figure out is why they're there. Yep. Because if you, if you can solve the environmental issue, then you can get rid of the ant. Like if, because yeah. ants are dumb. I mean, like if you, if you spray chemicals down, they will make a highway of dead ants to, to get to what it is that they want to get to, especially yeah. carpenter ants. And, and like nine times out of 10, it's water. It's, and like, I'm, and I feel like I'm, I'm being disingenuous. Like that, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I, well, I feel like I'm even being disingenuous with that number. It's like almost a hundred percent of the time there's like a leak yeah. or a moisture issue or something right. going on. It's like, if we can solve that, you don't really need the chemical. Mo- most yeah, of the it's time. It's moisture. Some, yeah. So I've also noticed too, I had this in my house here. It looked like it was more wet wood when they had first, you know, done work on the house. And it was like a fresh new thing because there was no water source that I could find around it, but it looked like it was an area that maybe was damp wood when they're first framing it or something. That Mm -hmm. was, that's one time that I'm like, I don't know how water got anywhere near it because there's not a roof over it that's close. There's not a you know what I mean? It had to have been something that was, uh, you know, maybe a pre-infected wood or something at some point. It could have been. It could have been something that wasn't kilned very well. I mean, it, there, there's all sorts. I mean, like, it could have been left yeah. out in the yard when they were building the house and it just got soaked and they put it up anyway. Yeah. Well, um, anything here, yeah, everything here in the Pacific Northwest, we get rain. <laughs> 
this time of year, I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. I can go buy projects now, like, you know, the six story mixed use timber framed, you know, just wood framed buildings. The bottom floor is usually black just mm. from the mildew on the water on everything. Cause they've been framing for six weeks in the rain, you know, oh, and it's geez. just, everything's soaked. And then they drywall it and, you know, everything just goes over the top. They, sh- you know, house wrap it, get it going. I mean, there's not much drying and then you got an environmental hazard there. And that's prime category for. I, I would imagine in, impatience is the, is the enemy there. I mean, like people are just wanting to get their houses. And so like, they don't care if they get dried out. They just want to move in. Yeah. Is that what's going on? Yeah, it is. You know, and, and especially on those commercial projects, they're just trying to get done. They just want to keep rocking, yeah. you know, keep moving. we got a schedule to hit. And, uh, you know, now there's products out there, you know, not to get out too off on the side note, but products like <laughs> zip and some of these other ones you can get out there and you just don't have to worry about it when the, when the sheeting has got its own barrier on the outside, it just keeps it, you know, keeps the house dryer, which means it's better off on the inside. You don't have as much of that moisture intrusion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think we're going to continue to see more and more products that, you know, do seal. I mean, like there's, there's a huge market. Uh, there's like, a, I forget the name. I think it was called Dauber Stopper, this, this new product that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a cover for your drain lines on your home to keep cool. mud daubers from getting inside. Which I mean, like it's 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 cool, but like I mean, like they're mud daubers. I mean, like, like yeah, really, that's that's your thing. I mean, the, the, what they're trying to prevent is that that line backflowing, you know, because they'll get sure. up in there and and put mud. Um, Just plug up like, that you know, that vent, right? Yeah, yeah, and but you know, at at some point, like it's like you just got to realize the house has to breathe. Like there's there's yeah. going to be entry points, um, and, and so like. Do I want to spend a hundred dollars on a product that covers a pipe when I can just stick a stick up in it from time to time and knock the mud loose? Um, yeah, yeah, and basic I, maintenance, you know, and that's what they're trying to do is okay. We're going to make it so as this can be as maintenance free as possible, all yeah. while selling a hundred dollar pieces, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, we want, <laughs> we want everybody wants their pound of flesh, I suppose. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So what are the, okay, you know, I'm not experienced with termites because I'll be honest, I have not seen in the Pacific Northwest West here in my, boy, 30 years, mm-hmm. I think I've seen one tented residence in 30 years yeah. in thousands of projects. It just doesn't happen here. Well, and, and so there's, there's probably a good reason for that. Uh, tenting, one, it's really expensive and it's yep. really dangerous. Um, yeah. You know, the, the reason you tent is because you don't want that stuff to escape and get out because I mean, like they're using the kinds of chemicals that when you smell, by the time you smell them, it's too late. Ah, like you're gone. Um, and there's really only a couple of termites that that works with. So it's damp wood and dry wood termites. Okay. And th- those are really the only two regular termites here in the U.S. that we see those kind of applications with. The, the yeah. other two are the subterranean and then Formosan termites. And those are both uh, in the ground. Okay. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons that we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence in, in some of the termite talk and it, like, not that it ever went away, but you still have guys today talking about chloridane, uh, <laughs> which was a product that was banned like almost two decades ago. I was going to say 20 something years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you still have guys talking about it today, like, man, I wish we still had that. And the reason is, is because that product would last about 20 years. Yeah. 
And, and so if it was banned about 20 years ago, which means that it probably stopped being used on a regular basis about 15 years ago, yep. um, if we're being honest, um, yeah. which means that we're kind of coming up on the tail end of the efficacy of that product mm-hmm. for, for a lot of properties. And so you're going to start seeing some properties that haven't had issues in years start to have them yeah, um, because they've been able to ward it off with that residual. Yeah. 15, so, 20 years ago, they went nuclear on it. And yeah. made a wasteland. And all of a sudden it's like, well, those days yeah. are over. It's which, party which time at the, the house. They're fixing to do the same thing with rodenticides. I mean, we're getting, we're getting news down the pipeline that we're about to lose a lot of our really good products with rodenticides. Um, oh man. And, 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 you know, to, to a certain degree, it's like, well, you, I mean, we shouldn't have made them available to the public. You know, um, it's funny and sorry, public and all of our listeners out there and, that's where things tend to go sideways is that you get people out there, you know, most of the professionals know that are licensed. They go out and do their thing. If, you know, depending on where you're located and yeah. people know what things are good for and what they're not. But when you can go down to the home center and use it, all of a sudden people treat it like it's latex paint and they can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll just, I mean, you know, they don't care if they poison the neighbor's cat. Um, yeah. Like you know, the, the lake house that they're on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they you know, leave it there unattended. Un, in an unweighted box or not even in a box. I've seen them. I've seen people just put like massive bait blocks and just throw them out in the yard. Um, and that's not healthy. No, 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 um, no. So anyway, it, it, that aside, we have good products now. I mean, like the best liquid one out there is probably Termidor, but I mean, they will only warranty it for 10 years. Um, okay. and, that's and, still and like, a long time though. It, it, it is a long time. But they, it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. So for my, my customers down here, and I'm, I'm in the Houston area, and yeah. it, it's, it's pretty much the same in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, DFW, all like termites are pretty much the same. What I tell everybody mm-hmm. is on average, like you, you have, you know, a, a seven to 10,000 square foot lot, right? Yep. You've probably got 20 colonies of termites living in that yard. Oh, wow. On average, right? So the likely, like... The numbers are actually on your side, right? Unless you have like a really heavy conducive condition, like a leak mm-hmm. or something yep. like that, the likelihood that you're going to get them is pretty low. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a one in 20 chance and that rarely happens over the course okay. of home ownership. And most, yeah. you know, I, I forget how long the average home, I think the number has gone down for how long people are owning houses, but most people yeah. rarely have to deal with it. Um, All right. So is there a... If you can, uh, you know, most likely scenario, is it somebody that has a, you know, let's get into house construction. If they have a basement yeah. versus a crawl space versus like slab on grade, is there one that's maybe more conducive to termites than the other? Or is it pretty much just a uh, roll the dice? It's your turn. It is a roll the dice. It's your turn situation. Um, okay. Now I will, I will say um, the likelihood of you getting damage from termites based off of your the structure type is different mm-hmm. because if you're, if you're living in a block and beam or yeah. a pier and beam, the, the likelihood that you're going to go around and in, inspect 360 degrees on each one of those piers. Very not low. happen. I'm yeah. not doing it. No, I mean, I, you, you can't pay me enough to crawl underneath those houses I, and I won't no. do it. Um, so, I mean, I, if you get them and they're on one of those, the likelihood that they have time to establish and actually do some damage is pretty high. Um, sure. So, so that, that's once they get different. going, there's nobody there to stop them. It, exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's really not much you can do. I mean, like those, those kind of jobs uh, are very time consuming. 
And it, it, I mean, like if, if we're being honest, I mean, most of the time, uh, it's not all the time, but mm-hmm. people who live in pier and beam houses don't tend to be in the higher income bracket. And, and so it, even though they're in a, that kind of a home, they tend to garner a more expensive treatment when it comes to something like that. And so mo- a lot of people will just end up walking away from it. Yeah. Cause I mean, it'll, yeah, it'll, see, cost, in- it'll cost twice as much to do that than it will yeah. a traditional slab. Got it. Got it. Yeah. We've got a lot of sixties and seventy homes here that were built in that, uh, that pier and beam kind of system here oh, yeah? uh, on crawl spaces. We've got a lot of those. And it, I think it was just because they were trying to build so many homes fast. Okay, And that lumber was so prevalent that you could go and do what they would do is they do that pier and beam. So they'd have like four foot in between the beams. Then they'd put two by six car decking down, you know, at a diagonal and then Mm -hmm. another subfloor on top of it. And yeah, it's, it's a great way to build a house. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like it's, but it's not conducive for inspections. That's for darn sure. No, no, nobody wants to go underneath there. (laughs) I mean, not, not even plumbers. I mean, like, and that's, that's kind of what they, do. I mean, like, and, and like, I, I think that's one of the upsides to like a pier and beam is like, it makes plumbing jobs a lot easier. Oh man. It's beautiful. HVAC, so, all of it is so much easier to do. Yeah. So, but I, I've seen them, I've seen them be bad in basements. I've seen weird mm-hmm. basements too, man. I and mean, like, we, we, and we don't really have basements here. I was going to say is basements aren't that big a deal, you know, down in the Houston area, is it? No. And like the, the few people that I've found that have them have had them built after the fact, and they're mostly wine cellars. Gotcha. <laughs> we're here. It's probably 40%, 30%, okay. 40%. So we're not, not too bad here on the West coast where we're at. Yeah. Uh, people, people that have been moving here that have been buying houses, they're like, where's the basement? We're like, we don't, we don't do that here. Yeah. They're like, well, where do you keep your stuff? <laughs> like, well, we don't park houses. The, we, well, everyone here, it's like no one parks their cars in the garage, which is weird because the sun just beats the living tar out of them. Yeah. Um, but that's how it, everyone just throws stuff in the garage. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's wild. We've got another pest here that we have. We have these, um, boring beetles that'll come through and, and, uh, create a, a light sawdust too, as well, that we'll get into, uh, into, uh, the wood here that, tends to go into the older dry wood. We'll see it not really wet wood, but it just goes after that. You know, I see it a lot in that, uh, that, you know, that pure and post types foundation stuff. I've seen a lot of those in that older yeah, stuff, not so much, you know? Yeah. And that, that is where you'll see those. And there's, there's different kinds. There's like cigarette beetle and powder post beetles. And I mean like the like powder post is the most one we see here. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So most, most people are the, uh, the victims of nostalgia when it comes to those guys, because they will, I've, I've seen them where people brought like old driftwood into the house that had been you know, set out in the sun and dried for a long time. Um, yep. and then they bring it inside in the air condition and all of a sudden the, you know, the beetles start feeling good and they start hatching out and all of a sudden they've got a real problem and they're getting into, you know, grandma's, uh, I don't know, I don't even like old, you know, yeah, uh, getting into the old wood chest or the, Yeah. Your heritage pieces and things like that. So, and like when people start doing these, um, barnwood. Walls, oh my gosh. That's, that's, that's a guilty one on, on a lot of different reasons, but yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. And so like you can, you can, you can bring an infestation in that way. I and mean, most, most people don't even realize that, you know, the, the reason that you end up paying a lot for that stuff at the store, like if you go to like one of the big box stores is because it's yeah. probably been treated Yeah. so that that doesn't happen. 
But if you're, you know, rolling out into Kentucky and finding some old barn and just taking it apart and then bringing it in and building a wall in your house, good luck. Yeah. See, I always, we got lucky. We used to have a company here. I think they, they closed down during COVID, but there was right in the middle of Portland, there was a kiln dried place. So they would take all of their wood. First thing they'd mm-hmm. do is they'd grade it, make sure it was usable. They'd send mm-hmm. it down and, and get a kiln dried, which would kill everything inside of that. Cause you're just baking the snot out of that thing. Heat, heat is one of the best treatments for just about any kind of bug, but you, I mean, you have to get it really hot. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you, if you ever go to a hotel, you'll see guys rolling through rooms with heat machines. Um, now they're not, they're not using pesticides as much, especially for the, you know, like when, when the bed bugs were so big for a while. Yeah. Um, they've really gotten, I'm sure they're still bed. They're just not reporting on them. Well, no, I mean, most, most big hotels have a maintenance program now and, Ah, um, okay. And and so what they'll do is they'll just, they'll kind of shut down a room for a day. They'll go in and heat treat it. Um, gotcha. And it's, it's so much easier to do in a hotel because there's not a whole lot in there that can melt, you know, yeah. cause if you, if, cause you go into someone's home, they're typically going to have like candles or something made out of plastic or, you know, whatever, exactly. you know, you heat it up to like 180 degrees in there. It's going to melt anything. Yeah. It's oh, got yeah. a, you got you a got, little melt. You got pictures and everything going crazy. Right. You, hotel. Yeah. You know, not much to pull move the, out. Pull the electronics out of it and go. Right. Yeah. And you're good to go. You know, you, and you can, you could probably knock out you know, six to 10 rooms in a day if you're really moving. So, I mean, like they, they, they've just made it part of their good hotels have made it part of their maintenance. I'll put it that nice. way. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge problem there for a while. It seemed, I don't know if people had just gotten off from doing it, but it was all over the news. People were having serious bed bug infestations and it seemed like people that were traveling would get it mm-hmm. and then take it to the next hotel room with them. Well, yeah. And we, and it was, it was a problem because like we knew what the best treatment was, which was heat, but the equipment, the the equipment had just gotten out of hand. Like it was, I think, I think at the time it was somewhere between 10 and $12,000 just for like a single piece of equipment. And, And so, but you know, as you know, with any issue that begins to get reported, it becomes more and more viable for companies to invest in that kind of stuff because they know that the work's going to be there. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, like, why would I buy this huge piece of equipment when I don't have any calls coming in for this kind of stuff? True. So, Get some competition. All of a sudden, that $10,000 machine is 2500 bucks three years later. Now everybody's <laughs> out right. there doing it, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's true. I, like, as, as people do more and more work, they sell more and more equipment. So the equipment gets cheaper, you know. And there's you know, always cap- somebody around the corner that's going to come in and make it cheaper. That's right. Capitalism <laughs> can be beautiful. It can be when you're trying to get into that specialty stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And you know, that's, and that's one of those things too. And I wanted to talk to, and we'll go back to termites here in a second, but sure, man, out here in the West coast where I'm located, we have such a homeless issue an outdoor camping issue in our cities mm. that our rodents have gotten so out of control. Yeah. Well, because I mean, there's just, just trash everywhere. Well, I mean, uh, gird your loins, man. I'm, and I'm not kidding because they are, they are taking away some of the best products that you guys have to deal with this kind of stuff. Um, it, it, like on, on, a, on a broad spectrum. Because, uh, you wow. know, at the, at the end of the day, like if, if, it's at your, if it's your home, Victor's is a great option. Yeah. You know, most people just don't have the stomach for it because it can be a little gruesome sometimes. Yeah. Um, but... You know, as far as like treating big pieces of property and in areas like that, mm-hmm. I, like if you 
and, and it always start, and this is, this is just kind of the rule in our industry. It always starts on the West coast and then just moves its way across the U S it's like West coast and then Northeast. And then it just kind of converges on Texas. Um, and, and so that's, they've, they've already banned a lot of them in California. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, and so like we, we just sort of watch the regulations in Cal and then expect them to come here in about 10 to 15 years. Gotcha. Um, so, which, yeah, which and by that's the way, unfortunate. Um, one, one of the things I, I did want you know, to, people that listen to your show, I, I wanted to impress upon them the, the importance of using a local pest control company. Not, not yeah. because that's what I do, but you know, what, what goes on in my state is completely different than the regulations in your state in all 50 states, because I can't do business in any other state except for Texas, unless I'm licensed in that state. Mm-hmm. Each state has their own rules and regulations when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so the reason it's important to use a local pest control company is because when you start using some of these big guys, and I won't name any of them, but you all know who they are. We all know is, them. Yeah. They, they have their own rules and regulations that are very broad and, and, and you know, they're not specific to your area. Now, their Amen. guys have to be licensed in your area, but they're operating off a whole different set of rules and regulations that they have to follow, which in some instances really hamstrings them from, from what they're able to do. Hey, um, man, I used to have a big sponsor of my radio show in Portland here uh, that was that. And a lot of these big name companies that are the chains that are the franchises around there, they walk in and they got, okay, well, I got four boxes to check. Mm-hmm. to do we can do plan a plan b plan c or plan d even though those aren't really great for my area right. that's what they're going to try to pitch you Every where time. your local people are like hey i know it works for this we got to go this direction yeah and like you said those those national ones you're you're kind of stuck because you're 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 at the mcdonald's of uh yeah of pest they, control they want, and they want you on not the getting plan, the custom burger <laughs> and they want you on the contract other than that, they, I mean, like they legit don't care. Like, you, no, yeah. that's not to say that the guy on the ground doesn't care. The no. guy standing behind him doesn't care. He yep. just wants him to, to get the, to get the account, to get the contract. Um, and, yeah. and I've heard too, like, like with carpenter ants that there's a lot, they're starting to use a lot less pesticides with that kind of stuff where they've got things that kind mm-hmm. of more naturally fight them than they did maybe 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about like, natural products. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when people start talking about natural products, like, have you, have you been on any like these crunchy mom groups or anything like that? Uh, no, I try to stay away from those. <laughs> I mean, they're, I don't they're play interesting. Well there. I mean, like, I, I kind of like to see like, you know, what they're claiming works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because so much, so much of this stuff is like, Hey, we'll use this essential oil or use this. Like here's, here's the issue is any oil will kill any bug every time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just because like if you spray a bug with oil, like they, we breathe through our nose, they breathe through mm-hmm. their whole body. Yeah. So like if you get any kind of oil on them, it's basically going to suffocate them. And so like, you know, you're, you're getting that dopamine hit of effectiveness. Like I put oil on the bug and it died. So now you think that lemongrass is the solution to everything. <laughs> and it, it's like, well, yeah, it, it killed that bug. But like, if you just, you know, spritz it around your kitchen, it's not going to do anything other than smell like lemongrass. Yeah. And probably put a bunch of VOCs in your air and make an unhealthy home, by the way. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Caroline. I learned a lot of that (laughs) stuff from her. (laughs) But yeah, so there, there are, and, and then even then, like we, we have a, I'll just, I'll give you a, for instance, we, we install a lot of mosquito misting systems. Okay. And the, the main product from that 
is derived from an African marigold. Oh, wow. Right? But if you get it on you, it will burn you. Oh. I mean, like, it will light you up. And it's, it's it, it, especially in concentrated form. You know, like you, yeah. you know, we typically dilute it in like 50 gallons of water. Sure. So, and even then, once you dilute it, it, it'll irritate you a lot. Which it's so supposed I, to kill something. So that makes sense. But it's a natural product, right? And so oh, yeah. like there's, there's a big confusion when people start saying, well, what about more natural products? Well, like that can, that can mean just about anything. Yeah. Now, be, and, and the reason they're able to say that is because we have so many synthetics now. True. That we're using. Um, yeah, sewage so is, able to point sewage is go, natural. It doesn't mean you need to use right. it. <laughs> I mean, let's be no honest. No one needs to bathe in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yes, that's true. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, you, like that specific product that I just mentioned that's mm-hmm. derived from the Marigold, and there's lots of different brands in that. So, I won't sure. you know, say what it is because there's, you know. Anyway, yeah. you can use that to flush carpenter ants out. It's, it's used as a flushing agent sometimes. Got it. So, but at the end of the day, environmental issues is what saves the day. Because if you can eliminate the source of what's causing them to be there, then all you have to do is follow them back to the nest. Now, when you get to the nest, you know, there, yeah. follow the label, but sure. there's plenty of pesticides, you know, and, and, and the big one on the market right now, and like you can, and you can kill ants all day long with bifenthrin. Yeah. And, and there's, I mean, everybody's making bifenthrin right now. Yeah. So. For now. <laughs> for now. I, I, like, honestly, man, yeah. that's, that's been such a good product to us. I mean, I, I'd throw a fit. I absolutely yeah. would. Yeah. But, I mean, like, they've, they've made it increasingly available to the public. Um, and it's, it's used irresponsibly. I, eventually, it, be, because they've made it available to the public, eventually we're going to start seeing it in our waterways. And as soon as that happens, it'll go away. It's done. Yeah, yeah. I had a way that I was fighting mosquitoes in my house. Um, not this one I'm currently at. This was a couple of houses ago and it, mm-hmm. it's a mile from here. So it wasn't that far, but I had this canal that was behind my house that fed the lake, but it was stagnant most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a uh, you know, probably a, 24 foot wide canal that was, you know, so, but it was green, you know, and yeah. when they'd go fill the lake up or need to add water to the lake, of course, water moved through it. But other than that, it was the fill for the lake. It didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. And so the only way I could do it without really nuking stuff was I was throwing out those enzyme little donuts thing over the fence into it. Yeah. They're like yeah, the those little are, rice those cakes. Are, those are super effective. Uh, those, those are actually a microorganism that eats the mosquito larvae. Yeah. Um, and like, those are great. Uh, you can, I mean, you can put those in stock tanks and it's safe for horses and goats mm-hmm. and cows to drink. I mean, you can drink it. It tastes weird. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's, yeah. That, I mean, that, that is, <laughs> that is an all natural product. I mean, you're, you're basically, there's a microorganism in the water, just like there yep. is in you know, any standing body of water. Um, sure. You're just, you're just adding one that's beneficial. Yeah. I would just get out there probably once a month. Cause it kind of float up and down the thing. It moved mm-hmm. a little bit and I just, Huck them over the fence each month. I'd go to the home improvement store, grab them, and huck them over the fence, and yeah. it was still, you know, thirty feet down to it. And uh, man, that that cut my mosquitoes down by probably eighty percent. I don't doubt it. Uh, I mean, because you're getting them at the source. Yeah, I mean, they they don't like to travel very far, so that's where they're breeding. That's where they're laying their eggs. It just makes sense, and it's cheap. Yeah, 
It was a so. simple solution. The other thing, if I was going to be there longer, I probably would have gone into, I've seen some of those big mosquito machines you can put in the backyard. Do those mm-hmm. even work? Well, it depends on which ones you're talking about. Like they, they have like the ones that they have at the big box stores that are like the light that has the fan that, you know, kind of draws yeah, them that's- in. Um, and I, those, they're not ineffective. I mean, they catch mosquitoes, but yeah. I mean, like if you want to be able to go out in your backyard and enjoy it when it's really bad, then no. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there's, there's basically two forms of treatment. You can, you can fog the yard mm-hmm. with like a hand fogger, you know, yep. we have like, you know, big backpack units that we use. Sure. Um, and it can be really effective, um, because you, you combine a pesticide with an, what they call an IGR. Mm-hmm. Um, and the IGR affects the reproductive cycle. Um, mm-hmm. and then you also add a surfactant. So it sticks to the underbrush and things like that. Or you can spend a bunch of money and put in a misting system. Um, misting and they're expensive because you know, there's a lot of parts involved, a lot of labor involved, but they're also mm-hmm. really effective. Um, and they're, and they're, every single one of them is custom. So it's, it's going to be designed to how your property works and where you want to be. And most of the time they're on remote control. Um, and there's, they're super reliable. And what's great about them is that they can be there when my guys can't. Yeah, that makes sense. And so they can get it. That just goes and it does it. And yeah, it's just like anything else. It's automated. Yeah. Well, and like with a remote, I mean, you can be like, Hey, we're going to have dinner outside in an hour. I'm going to run it for 30 seconds right now and just, you know, clear the area. Um, yeah. so it's, it's actually using less pesticide to, to get a desired result. So I'm going to share my screen here. And this is what okay. I grew up with as a kid in Eastern Washington and, um, how I'm still alive from this is amazing, <laughs> but you can look at the screen here. This is how they used to do mosquito control. When I was a kid, they'd honk the horn and you'd probably have to go inside for a minute. And they mm-hmm. had an old army Jeep that was just fog in the neighborhood. Oh Yeah. So we had a fleet of those. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. We, we sold it about 12 or 15 years ago now. Um, and we mm-hmm. had four, four trucks and we were, we would do anywhere from two to six neighborhoods per truck every night, mm-hmm. uh, through the season here in, here in Houston. Um, here's, here's the deal with that stuff, man. Like, I, I, I am unconvinced that it's effective yeah. and, and like they're, they're still doing it. Yeah. Um, I love the so byline what, on this kids today just don't know the joy of running behind the one of these in the fog. <laughs> <laughs> well, like even, even my folks talk about riding behind their bicycles on those cause they would run them during the daytime. Right. You know, and when we, when we were doing it, you know, I, and this is, this is actually how I started in our company. I, I started working for my dad when I was 15, mm-hmm. um, you know, working on little engines to, to operate those things. And wow. it, like, we would only do it at night. Like, and you, well, you yeah, just because they're one, they're out and two, less people safer. in the way, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but like, if they're doing it like they're supposed to, what's coming out of the back of that truck mm-hmm. is mostly diesel. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, that's what it looks like. It looks like a diesel fog now that I think about it. it that's exactly what it is. It's not heated. It's pressurized. Oh. Yeah. And then, and then put through a, a fogger, essentially. Yeah. And like, man, it's, it's, it's a cool, I mean, like you're using like medical grade pumps. It's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an intricate system. Um, yeah. And it takes a lot of maintenance to maintain those things. Um, 
but dude, it is, I, I, I just can't, I can't get my brain wrapped around like, it's like, we're all going to agree for me to pump out gallons of diesel throughout a neighborhood can, you know, that's been connected to a pesticide, which yeah. back in the day, I don't know if they're using the same one, but the one we were using back in the day, it was called scourge. Yep. You know, and we had to put on like a respirator and full rubber mm-hmm. gloves with the thing in order to even get it out of the, the barrel. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's stout stuff. And, and then to like combine that with diesel and then just like, you know, we're just going to pump it out willy nilly into the neighborhood. Um, I'm happy to not be in that business anymore. I mean, like there's, there's like you, there's no controlling drift. Well, and, and here's the thing. Let's, let's do some simple math here, right? Mm-hmm. You're driving down the road and doing this. Think of the cubic volume of air in the neighborhood. Right. And you're driving down these little streets that are 24 feet wide mm-hmm. and making a little fog there, but you're missing 90, 95% of the, the area. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not really working that much by volume. If you think about it. No, no. And here's, this'll, this'll blow your mind, man. And this is a conversation I had several years ago, but it was a, uh, a professor down at, uh, Mississippi state. And okay. he was in charge of environmental responses through the, through the government w- with natural disasters. And I think this particular instance that he was talking to me about was, uh, after Katrina. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you know, but like hurricanes will displace mosquitoes like crazy. Um, so oh, I bet because one, it pushes everything up, you know, the other way. And then right. two, it dumps water and fills up everything that can take water. So now you've got this feeding ground. I can only imagine what that does. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in Texas, we'll get those marsh mosquitoes from Louisiana and they'll be with us for like six months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what he was telling me, because he was, he was showing me pictures, he was flying around in a helicopter because there was parts of Mississippi and Alabama, Louisiana, all that area without power. And so people were living without air conditioning, their windows were open and they were just getting decimated by mosquitoes. And so they were worried about malaria, Zika, Mm -hmm. and all these transferable diseases that you get from mosquitoes. And he was telling me, he's like, he's like, look, we went through and treated. And what most people don't know is that they know how to eradicate mosquitoes. Like they have done the math and they know that we could eliminate them permanently. Yeah. They're just like, we have, it's it's like the billion dollar, the million dollar man, right? We have the technology. Like we can do it but they don't know the consequences. And so they're unwilling to pull the trigger. And I say, kuda, good for them. I mean, like, but like, yeah. let's never let anybody else know what that is. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't, I don't want to know the downstream of what it is that, you know, their mosquitoes are keeping in check. Yeah. Um, but it, well, it it's was, interesting, it, you know, when you, when you're getting into that kind of, you know, bioscience of engineering and I'm not this guy. So I'm by no means an expert and (laughs) you can, you can keep the uh, hate mail away from me on this one, but (laughs) you you think about it, you know, when, when you start messing around with stuff and I, 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 you know, my friend Caroline, former co-host here the other day, she posted a thing up about honeybees and I went, and you realize that honeybees in the U S are not native to the U S that they were brought here from Europe in the 1700s. Before that, we didn't have honeybees here. Didn't. And we, and like everything grew just fine. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not also honeybees, by the way, I'm just saying that that's, they're not some been here for a thousand gun years thing either. Yeah, no. Well, and like, I'm, I also, I mean, 
honeybees are triggering to me. I, I keep bees. I, and yeah, I love bees. I, I love them too. But like when people start telling me like, oh, they're in danger and they're in decline. And I'm like, no, have you actually like looked at the numbers? Like they're doing great. Yeah. Like they've, they've adapted. Um, and, and like That's in, in place, well, yeah, they're, they're highly adaptable. And not only that, I mean like they, where you would think that they would have the hardest time, they are thriving. Like if you go to yeah. a metropolis city, like Chicago, yeah. right? Chicago should be death to bees. One, it's sure. crazy windy, it's cold, and there's not a lot of habitat. And they thrive. I, I saw that in the movie, the bee movie too, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we go to get truth. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that is what you would think would be the most inhabitable place for a bee to live. And they do yeah. great. They do great. And not just them. I mean, there's like bumblebees and, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's all kinds of different bees that we have around, but like honey, honeybees are doing just fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's not to say that we shouldn't be responsible with pesticides. And there's, ah. there's like, here, here's the other thing that really bugs me about this, this honeybee stuff, man, is bugs you. they, <laughs> what they, they call it colony collapse disorder. Do you know why they call okay. it that? Why? Because they don't know what's causing it. Oh, Nice. It's, it's literally a made up disease because they don't know what was causing colonies to literally collapse. Wow. And, and so like, and, and so like all they're doing is speculating. So they would say like, well, we think that it's probably oh. happening because neonicotinoid, you know, pesticides. Well, they don't know that there's, there's no, no link to it. And, and, and so like there's, it's just pure speculation. It like, look, you could, you could claim that a colony collapsed and all it did was swarm and you didn't notice. Yeah, it took off and swarmed and all of a sudden you're like, hey, what happened here? Oh, they moved down yeah. the street. Yeah, and like and you'll you'll hear stories all the time of vandals that just yeah. go through and knock over people's beehives just because they think it's fun. Jerks. You know, and it's like so it, you know, the the reporting on this stuff is just weird. Yeah. Um and it's then you know, I got mo- the murder hornets up here, man. I'm I'm oh, murder hornet territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you guys had like the only live capture of a, yeah. of an actual murder hornet. Yeah, so, but it's just which, north of me here by eh, five or six hours. But yeah. You shocked and, the nation, uh, man. Yeah. And the cool <laughs> thing is, is I think they've got it. Watching them go in, and, and we'll keep this on subject here, but watching them go in and try to capture that hive mm-hmm. and keep them in there was interesting. Oh, yeah? They came in there, like with CO2. And there's some video on it. CO, I'll find it and send it over to you. They came in with CO2. And then wrapped it up and literally cut the section of the tree out, took it in a refrigerated thing. And I mean, they wanted to make sure that they got every, they didn't want one single one getting out of there. Did they, I guess they did it at night. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think they did. I've, there's, I'll find the video on it. It was, it was fascinating okay. to watch and uh, they've been doing traps for a couple of years now. So I think uh, they, they did not find them in 2022 anywhere. Yeah. So they're thinking that, uh, and there's, thousands of traps around the area so have you have you ever seen a picture of a cicada killer no so dude, you you should pull that up okay and then and then enjoy what has been the last two years of my life cicada <laughs> killer okay i gotta pull this up now as i pull it up here so after that story ran about oh, murder dude. hornets yeah like, at least twice a week I think I've got, I think I've got the murder hornet. Wow. 
<laughs> Dude, those things will carry you off. They they are they are completely benign. Really? Yeah. Like there's they they don't I mean like 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 any wasp, man. Like it's yeah, just I, like I'm not a fan of wasps, by the way. I I I, I we could eradicate those personally and I'd be totally cool. With that. <laughs> well, is it, well, okay. Like, and I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll say something about that here in a second. Yeah. They, I mean, cause they look, yeah, I see it on your screen now. They, they yeah. look like if you saw a picture of the murder hornet and you saw that in your yard and it's, man, it's like two inches long. It's, it's go, I got a baby murder hornet. Yeah. Yeah. And so people are like, I think I got them. So, but like they, they dig holes in the ground and they, they don't, they're not aggressive at all. I mean, like you could swat okay, them. Cool. They, they could, they would care less, um, but they're just big and scary looking. And, yeah. and so people, people freak out and they're like, no, they've, they've been here for thousands of years now. Um, all right. But so, the, but, but the news grabbed it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, but like, you know, wanting to eradicate wasps. I, so this, this is something I talk to people all the time when you start talking about like natural pest control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like a dirt dauber. Yeah. Um, they're unsightly. They, you know, make, a, I don't know if you guys have them, but like they make, you know, Eastern, Eastern side of our state has them. Yeah. We don't okay. get too much here. We're just too wet. Yeah. That would, that makes sense. But like they make u- ugly mud balls on the side of your house. Well, yeah. if you ever break one of those open, what you'll find inside is a lot of spider carcasses because that's what they eat. And then, so it. it's like, which, which one do you want around? You want a, a, a non stinging mud dauber or giant spiders? All right. You can, you yeah, can pick. I'll take I mean, the, I'll take the mud dauber. Yep. Me too. I get it. <laughs> yep. So. I'll talk about spiders. I learned about crazy spiders. I was down in El Salvador out in the jungle. We were working down there. Uh, this cabinet company I worked with, we uh, sponsored a village down there. So for two years, oh, cool. I went down there and spent a couple weeks in the, in the, in the uh, El Salvadoran jungle. Oh. And we'd be walking around these, the, right down these things, these roads kind of, Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, holy smokes, this red tarantula would pop up out of the ground. And these guys would go over and kill it. And I'd go, what's that? And they'd go, <laughs> those are going to kill you. So be careful. And it was yeah. like, holy smokes. Not, I'm not a fan of the red tarantulas. Well, like they, they like the trapdoor spiders. Yeah. They pop out of like a pencil size hole. Oh, okay. So they just very, pop out. Were they not very big? Eh, size of my hand. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's big enough. Big enough. <laughs> I'd always let those guys walk ahead of us because they'd usually see something and they'd kind of jump up and run away and they'd <laughs> pop out of the dusty ground and I'm just they're over there just and I'm like, Whacking wow, it. okay, yeah. this is not cool. Yeah, no. Well, you know, it, it, anytime you have a, like one spider is okay, but like if you have like a spider infestation oh. like that, I, mm, no, uh-huh. I mean like I've been doing this for a long time. I don't like it. I don't like it no. at all. Mm-mm. I, I was I, there, funny there story was one about my wife and yeah. she's going to kill me for telling this story. When she was <laughs> in high school, maybe early college, she jumped out of her moving car in the driver's seat. Cause there was a spider <laughs> in the car, like <laughs> jumped out of it. Her friend went over and jumped in the car and stopped it literally five miles an hour. She's like, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. Didn't even put, didn't even stop it. Just <laughs> I'm out. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> We'll drive by a house that burned to the ground. She goes, see, they had a spider. That's right. That's right. It's, the, it's the only reasonable solution. Yeah. I'm like, well, so anyway, I'm, I'm the spider killer in my house. But there that's you how go. it goes. It's good to know your role. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to be the, so, somebody's got, you're the dragon slayer, man. There we go. 
There we go. I know, but like three o'clock in the morning, it's not my favorite role. <laughs> okay, hold on. You know, we, we don't always get to from choose when we want when we're heroes. That's yeah, you know, absolutely in the dead of night. So, what are your solutions? I mean, like for instance, here in and pest control gets beyond just bugs, but mm-hmm. you know, we we get that neighbor sometimes with birds here. We've got a lot of birds, like a lot of play, people do in the neighborhoods, but yeah. you get that neighbor that goes out there and decides they're going to feed all the birds and they're, they're taking the 50 pound bag of bird feed and pouring it across their concrete patio and just leaving it out there. And now they're feeding everything from squirrels to, to large rodents. Right. What are some yeah. of the best solutions for keeping that stuff out of your life? I mean, you're not going to go out and kill every rat and rodent out there, but do you have some good people, some good advice for people to uh, manage that? Well, with, with squirrels, they're a little bit different. I mean, even though sure. like we've always called them rats with better PR. Um, yeah. but you know, you, you can capture a squirrel. Like yeah. they are, there are live captures for, for squirrels and any, any animal that you capture that you, you know, that you don't want to dispose of the, the yeah. best method is five miles plus and then just release. And usually yeah. if you, if you have access to a state or national forest, it's, it's perfectly fine to, re, to release them in there. Um, so Got you it. can do that. Rats and mice is a different story. Um, you know, there are, there are a lot of cool innovations when it comes to, uh, kill traps for, for rats in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually lease out some CO2 charged, uh, traps. Oh, that that's are, cool. That are temporary and they're, they're really cool. Um, and it's, it's a, I mean, like as, as humane as it can be, it's very similar to like a Victor snap trap. Um, Mm -hmm. and what you do is you put like some gooey peanut butter or chocolate up inside the thing and there's a trigger that they hit with their nose. And when they hit that trigger, it breaks their neck. Wow. And, and so it's a multi-kill. And so you, you mount it to like the side of, you know, inside a warehouse or outside your house Mm -hmm. or something like that. And, you know, like, only, only a rat or a mouse could stick its head up in there. That you like your cat sure. couldn't stick its head up in there, yeah. or your dog, or anything like that. So it, it's 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 relatively safe in that regard. Now, you're, like your kid could stick its finger up in there, well, um, but you know, then do that once. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, and like it's it's cool to test it. I mean, you can do it with like a number two pencil. You stick that, mm-hmm. and then it'll. I mean, you'll see how it breaks the number two pencil, and okay. and it actually has <laughs> it has a scorekeeper on the outside. That's so you'll amazing. know you'll know how many times it goes off because you know like, you got to clean it, it out at some point. Well, it, no, it just it just drops the body underneath. And oh, so, okay, so it it shows it. It's like ah, yeah. I'll show and, you the next one a, now. Yeah. Th- well, there's a digital counter, but rats don't. I mean, they're intelligent, but they're not intelligent to go like, hey, there's a dead rat here. Maybe I shouldn't hang out here. Yeah. They'll they'll just they'll just stack dead rats on top of one another. But what can happen is like a raccoon will come along and carry them off, or like a sure a bird of prey or something like that. Yep. Um, and for people that are concerned about transference of poisons from it's good you know, solution, you know, from from like when like you kill a rat and like another animal eats it, um, even though we don't we don't have a whole lot of evidence that that ever happens where it like yeah. it poisons. I mean, it's going to get some of it, but the the LD fifty on it is so much higher for those bigger animals than it is for the rat that yeah. it's, you know, it's really not going to bother any of them. Most of those poisons are blood thinners. Yeah. And what so, they, anticoagulant yeah. is what they call it. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but this is a, is an effective way that you can do that without poisons. 
Um, and I think it's much more humane than the glue traps and everything else that you see out there. I hate glue traps, man. I and hate those them. bug me. Not I will say it's, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's about the only effective way to catch flying squirrels. Well, sure. Um, and, and that sucks, but like, yeah. Yeah. What we don't do? have to worry about those here. Oh, really? You guys don't have those? We have squirrels. We got squirrels everywhere. No flying squirrels? We got more squirrels than cars. <laughs> well, but I got, you know, I've got fir trees that are, you know, mm-hmm. 200 feet high in the yard here. So, I mean, they're, I've got probably four that are four to six that rummage through the half acre property I have. So, they're yeah. pretty popular around here. But they don't, I mean, do you guys, do you guys have a lot of pe- where they get in people's houses like they do down here? They have, not as bad just because there's so many places for them to be all mm-hmm. the trees and all the stuff. They pretty much would rather hang out there than in somebody's house just because, you know, they, they kind of want their own space. So it happens, yeah. but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys don't have like a lot of oak trees and stuff like that there. either. Now this is all like, you know, this is all like hemlock and fur and, you know, so pretty, pretty tall kind of and straight, right? Tall, straight. Yep. Yeah. See, that's, that's, the, that's the issue here is like we have pine trees, but then we also have like those, those low live oaks. Yep. And what happens is, is people like, you know, again, this is, this is property maintenance, but like you want to keep the branches trimmed back from the roof. Sure. That's how, that's how ants, carpenter ants in particular are going to get in your house. That's mm-hmm. how squirrels and rats are going to get into your, onto your roof, you know, and like we have roof rats and that's primarily where they want, they want to go up high, you yep. know, and, and so keeping, keeping branches trimmed back one, it's going to, you know, keep it from potentially getting damaged by the tree, but also it's, it's, you know, reducing the amount of highway access that the, any critters have to your house. Yeah. Um, Cause they'll go, you know, if you let them grow, they'll eventually get up tall enough where, you know, they're going to provide the shade that you want. Um, yeah. It's just not going to be immediate. So you just got to keep those branches trimmed back. Yeah. It's smart. And it's also good just, you know, for here, we tend to do it just because, you know, we get fires and things like that. So you're really trying to keep that stuff back from the houses and give yourself a, a little bit of break there. But uh, yeah, anything up against the house, bushes, trees, any of that stuff, you're just, you know, you've got the freeway exit right into your house for all those pests. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like if you, I mean, there's, there's lots of things that you can do around your house that are non pesticide related to help prevent pests. You know, yeah. like if you're talking termites, like the good rule of thumb is six inches of exposure on your slab. Right. Yeah. I mean, because what they're going to do is they're going to tube. Um, mm-hmm. And so as long as you can see the foundation, you're going to be able to, you know, you know, once a month do a visual inspection on the foundation. It's like, okay, there's no tubes. Uh, it's not the only access. I mean, they can come up through like a bath trap and, you know, if there's a crack in the foundation, I've, you know, sure. I found them in an island in a kitchen before. So, I mean, like, yeah. you know, it, it can happen, but it's very rare. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I, what I encourage a lot of people to do is to put in a rock barrier, you know, give, ah. give yourself like, you know, go down about 10 inches, Yep. put in, you know, uh, a weed guard and then come back through mm-hmm. with rock and give yourself about a foot edge. Because what happens is, is so many people, you know, they don't, when they go through and mulch, you know, like a, yeah. their flower beds, they don't pull out the old mulch. And so it just gets yeah, they just higher keep and stacking higher and higher. It keeps, yeah. yeah. And, and so if you do that up against your foundation, eventually you're going to lose sight of the foundation really quickly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, then who knows what's going on in there. And, and like, it's not just termites. I mean, ants and, and every, everything mm-hmm. else that lives underneath that mulch, which is cockroaches and earwigs and silverfish. And I mean, you just go on down the road. Yeah. They are, they all have access. If you have a brick home, really good access. Cause you have weep holes and you're yeah, probably those are, covering those are up the, the weep- super highway there too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're, you're probably covering up the weep hole, which means you're probably creating a, a moisture issue inside the house. Um, so, I mean, you know, it just things cascade yeah. without, you know, thoughtfulness on, on how you're going to maintain the yard. Man, Craig, before we go, what else did we not talk about with pest control? I mean, we could do hours of this and we probably will, but. <laughs> uh, I, man, the only thing I, we didn't mention, which is something I talk about all the time when it, especially with termites is Centricon. Uh, okay. it's, it's the product I use 95% of the time when it's, when it's dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, you know, and don't, don't listen to me, go do your own research on it, but there are incredible studies coming out of university of Florida right now okay. talking about how, it, what's great about it is it's, there's no pesticide in the soil. Cool. You know, the, the, the termites have to come to the station in order to, for it to be effective. Yeah. But okay. the, the reach of that bait is almost three times what liquid chemical in the ground is. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, if you live in a neighborhood where your, your houses are kind of tight, if you put a system like that in, you're not only helping yourself, but you're helping your neighbors out. Um, and so like when earlier, when I was talking about, you know, on average, you've got about 20 colonies in your mm -hmm. yard. Well, I mean, like that's a barrier around your home that all those colonies are now feeding on nice. that you can potentially eliminate. Um, and again, so that's like, why you want to become friends with your neighbors and get everybody under the same plan with those. Exactly. And that way you've just got a, you've got an Island there of, of protection. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, termites are extremely beneficial. I mean, like this is, this is how we break down cellulose in the wild. Yeah. Um, and so we want to keep the termites. We just want to keep them off the house. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Awesome. man. well, how, how do people track you down if they're uh, listening in your area and, uh, they're like, man, oh. I got to get this guy to get, have his people out to my place. What's the best way for people to track you down? Yeah. I mean, it, you can reach me on Facebook, uh, pretty much on any of my pages. I mean, you can, you can find me under my name, Craig Williams. You can find me homeowner show. You can find me Excalibur pest Termosave. any of those. I'll, I'll respond to any of them. If you need to email me, it's just Craig at Excalibur pest.com. Um, and I'm, I'm on pretty much all the socials, but really more active on Facebook because that's, there's a lot of pest control happening on Facebook. You got it. Well, Hey, let's talk about a uh, homeowner show here real quick before we yeah. go. Cause uh, that's another topic here that I love heading over and uh, jumping on your show from time to time. That's been <laughs> a lot of fun in the past. Yeah, no, and my, it is, it is a labor of love. That is for sure. So it is. No, it's, it's uh, we've been, we've been at it for four years now. Uh, has it been four years? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we figured that out the other day because how old Kevin's laptop was. Ah, um, there you go. That'll <laughs> do it. Like, when did you get that? Oh yeah. About four years ago. Four years um, ago. Uh, but yeah, so we, we have an episode come out every Tuesday. We're kind of a long form podcast. We love doing interviews, but we, we do product reviews from time to time. Um, and we also just talk about life in general. So, well, I mean, we'll just go about an hour and a half. Um, yep. but we started doing a lot of live events. Uh, we've got another live event coming up on the 19th. We're going to go talk nice. to a bunch of contractors and HVAC and flooring guys, um, and interview a bunch of them. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's been fun, man. Like we, we, we started, uh, I say we, I mean, like I, I took the idea to Kevin and said, Hey, would you do this with me? Um, the, the whole concept behind it was, I was, I was pretty good at marketing in, in my area. Um, sure. And I noticed that there was a lot of guys that I was networking with, you know, that are kind of in my orbit of pest control, you know, whether that be like HVAC, flooring, uh, plumbing, electrical, what, whatever it is. I mean, there were so many talented guys yeah. and their marketing sucked. 
Um, and it was like, if people just knew who you were, they would use more people would use you, but you, you don't, you don't have the tools in order to get your name out there. And I was like, how, how yeah. could I help them with this? And so that was really the initial pull was to like, I want to, I want to bring my friends in. I want to interview them so that people yeah. know how awesome they are. Um, see, and that was, that was really it. And, and from there, four years later, here you go. Yeah. And, and so now we're, I, we're in all 50 States. We're in 12 different countries. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun. Um, and my, my, my wife lovingly refers to it as my hobby. Um, which is cool. Hey, I mean, I, <laughs> there's a lot uh, of work she, in this. And if she can call it a hobby, then uh, take that as a compliment and smile. Cause you're not I, in you trouble know, for it. it. It bothered me at first, but then she was like, look, there are a lot worse things you could be doing. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. And I was like, Fair cool, point. I'll run. You know, so as yeah, long as you're, as long as you're happy with it, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so. here's the thing. And as people know out there that have ever done podcasts, it's a labor of love. You have to put years into it for it to become, you know, Anything. net zero as far as financially for you. So yeah, there's that's, a lot of work sure. to do this just to get to, to square one. Yeah. And, and we've, we've always appreciated your support, man. You've been a huge encouragement to us. Cause I mean, you, you know, you're the, 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 the godfather of this, of this space. Uh, and, <laughs> I don't know about uh, that, but thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's, 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 it's cool to get to be friends with people who are, uh, you know, that, that's the, that, I think that's one of the coolest things about podcasting, man, is like, there's, I've rarely met a competitor. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I like hundred percent agree. And there's, there's so many people that you meet that like want to do what you're doing. You know, like, oh, sure. man, I wish I could do that. And you're like, you totally could. And like, I've, everyone that I've ever met in podcasting has been encouraging like that. It's like, well, you yeah. can do this. You could yeah. do that. You could totally have a show. I was like, what would I talk about? I was like, what are we talking about right now? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. No, I mean, it's such a cool community. And I just have to say, I agree. It's, it's so fun because it's an interesting group in that this is a very interesting way to create a living as well. You know, I do this for yeah. a living, but it's very lonely as well because you don't That's see true. the people you're talking to unless you're doing live. Mm -hmm. yeah. You record it, you send it off into the ether and you see numbers yeah. and then you get social media feedback, but that's really all you get. That's it. Yeah. And that, that I mean, it, it is, it's like, what, what, what does that mean? I mean it's, yeah. it's, it could be like, it was a complete train wreck. And so everybody's, everybody's slowing down to watch the, the aftermath. Yeah, you it know? could be. <laughs> or it could be like, hey, that was really good. I had, I had something going there. Yeah. Um, but you, it, like, you're absolutely right. You have like, un unless somebody leaves a comment or a review, like you yeah. have zero clue as to how you did. Yeah. And, and it's like no, without a feedback machine, I mean, like this is, this is, I think this is why comics are so much quicker on their feet, right? Because in order to practice the craft, you have to be in front of people. And you like, got to get stuff thrown at you first. Yeah. And like, we have to be in front of no one. So like we can yeah. just suck for years and, <laughs> <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, and, and no one would say anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. But usually though, what happens is those people get burned out because they, Start watching the numbers. They watch the numbers. And they're like, okay, we're, we're, we're losing people instead of gaining. And then the mm -hmm. show eight, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is the average, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so like, like this is, this is why, and I think you've probably looked at this too. I mean, like, you know, like yeah. you and I are in like the top 1% of all podcasts. 
Yeah. And it, and it has nothing to do with like our numbers as much as it is. We've just put out consistent content for years. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we're, you know, around the house here, and I know you guys out there listen to this too, around the house, we're at 1464 as far as 1,464 episodes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Like we got excited the other day because we were like fixing to bounce 230. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? With this, has been, this is a radio show that's been going on for 34, coming on 35 years this year. So yeah, it's when podcasting started, we were on it. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you're the, the, the pump was primed. Yeah. It was ready to go. What's, what's one more place to send our content? We're already recording it. Let's just throw it up on the web. See what happens. And we were throwing up on SoundCloud because that's all you could do back then. That's That's right. That's what we did. Craig Williams. Thanks for coming on today, brother. How do people find the homeowner show? Uh, homeownershow.com, but you can find it on any podcast platform. Uh, we actually just, uh, uh, hit our, we just started using YouTube the other day. Uh, nice. And so we, we've got our first thousand subscribers on there. Um, so nice I mean, work. like if you want to watch us, we're not, we're not much to look at, but <laughs> people like video. So. They do. No <laughs> question. So we're doing it. Awesome, man. Congrats and best of luck with that. We'll have you back on again next time. Appreciate it, bud. All right, I'm Eric G, and you've been listening to Around the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.